Well, good morning and welcome to the Gathering Church. Happy New Year, everybody. Listen, New Year's Day was yesterday. It's January 2nd, and it is rainy and nasty out, and you are in church on the first Sunday of the year. Give yourself a hand. You did it. You did. I think you're going to have a great year this year. You're starting it out the right way. Well, we're just so honored to have you with us today. If it's your first Sunday here, man, I'm just... I'm just so honored that you're here. Thank you for joining us. You are here at a great time because today is day one. We're starting 21 days of prayer. 21 days of prayer uh, begins today, and it's such an important part of our rhythm here at the Gathering Church. Uh, We try to operate on a good spiritual rhythm as a church. And one of the most important things that we do, we, we just believe that prayer is powerful and that prayer has the power to change everything. It has the power to change your circumstances. It has the power to change your heart, your mind, your life. And that prayer is one of the things we've got to prioritize above all other things in our relationship with God. And so uh, we want to give him uh, moments out of our year where we dedicate ourselves to seasons of prayer. And we believe in the principle of the first at the gathering church, that uh, God deserves the first of everything from us, that he, he's called for and asked for our first, and so we bring him our first. And that goes for our money. That's, we believe that, that that principle applies to our finances, but it also applies to our lives as a whole, that it applies to our, our week. We give him the first part of our week right here when we come to worship together on Sundays. We give him the first part of our year through 21 days of prayer and fasting. And so a real quick overview on what that means if you're new here. Uh, first is in the beginning of the year, we often, we love to begin with a fast. We call our church to a fast in the beginning of the year. And uh, one of what, what that means looks a little bit different depending on where you are in your spiritual walk or what you feel called to or where you feel led this time around. And so there's three different fasts that we talk about a lot here at the Gathering Church. One is a total fast where you'll either fast for 21 days, nothing but water, which is that's advanced level, okay? That's the 400 level classes. And come meet with me if you're planning on doing that. I'd love to hear about it and talk to you about it. Um, uh, or there's intermittent fasting, which is, uh, which is where we do a total fast for certain periods of time throughout the day. A Jewish fast was an intermittent fast that would go from sunrise to sunset during seasons of fasting. That's what the Jewish people often did, was fast from sunrise to sunset. So maybe you're going to do that kind of a fast for 21 days of prayer and fasting. Uh, there's a, so that's a total fast. There's also a partial fast, which would be something like what we call the Daniel fast, where you are eating just fruits and vegetables and some other things, a couple of things for 21 days. Maybe you're uh, doing like a Whole30 type diet or you're giving up. Maybe you're giving up something that's really hard for you to give up. Maybe you're giving up meat for 21 days. Maybe you're giving up uh, sugars or caffeine for 21 days. I know we're get, this is tough. Listen, if you're a vegetarian, I think you should consider giving up all vegetables and fruits for 21 days. Meat-only diet. This is about sacrifice, okay? 
And that's a partial fast. And then there's a soul fast. And a soul fast is, honestly, I think it's good to do a soul fast in, in, uh, as a pair with a partial or a total fast. And a soul fast is when you give up something like social media for 21 days. Don't, don't you think you might do good without reading the news for three weeks? I mean, goodness knows what kind of a dumpster fire you're going to come back to at the end of January. But don't you think it might be good for your heart to put away all the news and only focus on the, the news that God brings for a couple weeks as we begin our year. And uh, maybe you're going to put away social media, the news, television, uh, whatever it could be. A soul fast is when you say no to something that, that isn't food. Uh, really, the idea and the heart of a fast is to say no to something that your physical self wants or needs so that you can say yes to something that your spiritual health needs. We want to say no to the physical so we can say yes to the spiritual. It's about building spiritual discipline. It's about learning that your heart needs the spiritual more than it needs the physical and that you are an eternal spiritual being. And when you're saying no to something in the physical, you're training your body and you're training your heart and you're training your mind to focus in on the spiritual. And so if you're giving up caffeine when those headaches and nausea come around, you're deep in prayer. God, help me survive this moment. God, let me get through it. When you're just desperate for a, for a cookie or everyone around you is eating cupcakes and you're sitting there fasting sugar for the month, you're like, dear Lord, I honor you with this sacrifice today. And so that's what the fast is all about. 21 days of prayer goes alongside of it. And what we do for that is uh, every morning, Monday through Friday at 6.30 a.m., we'll do a prayer prompting. It'll be either me or one of our staff members or one of our leaders or elders here at the the church will wake you up with, uh, with just a thought and a direction for your prayer that day, really just a way for us to unite in prayer every day. And that's about 10 minutes usually, and that's at 6.30 a.m., but then it's also online all day long, so you can come back and find it uh, on our social media and on our website at live.gatherashville.org and join us for those. And then on Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. at Seacoast Asheville's campus at 123 Sweeten Creek Road, just down the road from Hillman Brewing Company, uh, is our Saturday morning prayer service. We'll do a Saturday morning prayer service, and that really is not as intimidating as it sounds. We're not going to put you on stage and say, we need you to pray for the next 30 minutes. It's not like that. Really, it's about uniting in prayer as the people of God. And we come together, and we'll have a sweet time of worship, and uh, then we will spread out, and we'll pray together. We'll pray together, and then we'll unite in prayer at the end. It takes exactly an hour, and it's a very special time. It goes from 9 to 10 a.m., on Saturday mornings during 21 Days of Prayer. Those will be happening twice. And then on the last week of 21 Days of Prayer on Friday, uh, that's Friday the 21st. Am I right about that? Uh, Mikey just announced that maybe. Did he? I don't know. I don't listen to that. I'm praying. Um, we're doing a night of worship, and so closing out 21 days of prayer with an evening prayer service. And so it's going to be really, really a, a special time. I hope that you'll jump all in with us and join us for 
all of 21 Days of Prayer, commit to praying and studying God's word for the first three weeks of this year. I believe it'll set your year on a better trajectory than you could ever ask or imagine that we can believe in God for good things and great things in the year 2022. And this is how we're getting started. And so 21 Days of Prayer. One thing I'll tell you real quick, a last thing is a resource that can help you if you're intimidated. 21 Days of Prayer is coming and you think, I don't know, I don't, I don't know, I always get stuck in prayer. I only have, I have, now I lay me down to sleep. Pray the Lord my soul to keep if I die before I wake. Pray the Lord my soul to take. Amen. And that's your prayer life. Uh, we have a resource that can really help you uh, that is free. You can go to the app store on either Google or Apple, and you can download an app called the Pray First app. The Pray First app. Uh, one of our partner churches in the Association of Related Churches built this beautiful app, and it's got all kinds of prayer templates for you, instructions, uh, videos. It's got worship music, so many different resources to help you in your prayer journey. And so that's called the Pray First app. You can download for free wherever apps are available. Well, today we're beginning a brand new series called All Things New. All Things New. Who's ready for some new in 2022? Aren't you? I mean, goodness gracious. Uh, I do a word for the year, and after 2020 and 2021, my word for the year is weary for 2020. I'm just kidding. It's not. But maybe some of you are feeling weary after the last couple of years. We have been through it. The trauma we've endured together, the amount of disappointment we have endured over the last two years, the, the, the constant roller coaster of emotion that we feel as we watch the news. There's no end in sight. Things are, are just different now than they were a couple years ago. The world has changed. And as we enter into 2022, maybe you have been in a holding pattern for two years now, just waiting on things to get better, waiting on this moment to end, waiting on your, your life to pick back up again. And I'm just saying that as we jump into 2022, it's time to stop waiting. It's time to get out of the holding pattern. It's, it's time to stop believing that things are just going to magically change without any of our action. And it is time to just say, all things are going to be new for me in 2022. I'm going to make some decisions right now to have the best year that I can. My word for the year this year is better. 2022 is going to be better for me. It's going to be, I'm going to be better at leading people, better at caring for people. My relationships are going to be better. I'm going to be a better father, a better friend, a better husband this year. I'm going to be a better pastor. I just want everything to get better in 2022. And that's the spirit behind all things new as we jump into this new series. I want to talk about how we can recreate and reinvent and have some new hope and new life uh, over the next couple weeks as we go through this series. And so here we go. Let's get started. Today's message is about new life. New life. Isaiah was a prophet just before Israel fell to Babylon. And the temple was destroyed and people were exiled and then they were occupied forever after that. And uh, Isaiah prophesied about all those things that were coming in addition uh, to a lot of prophecies about the coming of Jesus. And every single one of the prophecies throughout his long prophetic book came true, which is pretty amazing. 
Uh, in Isaiah chapter 43, he's telling the people of Israel about the ending of the old way of worship with the fall of Jerusalem and the destruction of the first temple and the beginning of a new way of worship that would be coming through Jesus. And he says this in verse 16, this is what the Lord says, he who made a way through the sea and a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and then they lay there, never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Isaiah and the Lord through Isaiah is reminding the people of the victories that God has done in their history. God has victories in your history. And even if this last season wasn't a great season for you, I believe if you look back, you will find moments where God led you to victory, good things that he's done, uh, uh, miracles that he's provided for you. And Isaiah and the Lord through Isaiah is reminding the people of the things that he's done before and how good they were and how wonderful they were and how great he is. And it says in verse 18, but forget the former things and do not dwell on the past for I am doing a new thing. See, I am doing a new thing. And now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. How God did things before was changing. And in this moment in history, a new day was coming. Uh, that was a wild thing for the people to hear in that day, for them to try to receive. God had always been accessed for them through the same systems, the same routines, the same process. It wasn't a perfect process, but it was what they had. In fact, for normal people before Jesus, there was no real way for them to experience the presence of God. They could live in the favor of God. They could worship God and, and feel joy in worshiping God. They could have their sins atoned for so that they could be near to God in a way, but they couldn't access the actual presence of God. The old way often left people feeling distant, and then they widened that distance by looking for peace in other gods and other pleasures and other pursuits, and that is the Old Testament in a nutshell. The old way wasn't perfect, but it was all that they had ever had, and it was all they had ever known, and it would be pretty scary to hear the Lord say through his prophet that everything was going to change, the old way would be gone, and a new way was coming. Because change is very hard. And it's also scary. And it's uncomfortable. I'm not a change person. My wife, if the furniture has been in the same position for more than three months, she starts to get a tick. You know, she's got to rearrange all the time. When I, and I don't know, my wife is a pretty small person. And when I come home from work, all of our sofas and couches and beds could be in an entirely different room, in a different place. Could, what was downstairs could be upstairs, and I just have no idea how she does it. She just does it. She has superhuman strength when she gets her mind on rearranging. And every time I see that, I go into a minor interior panic. I would leave everything the exact same way for 50 years. I would never touch it. I would, I would want the exact same decorations, the exact same furniture arrangement. I am change averse. 
change of verse. I, I love sameness. And it's because whenever there's something new, I just, I, you know, I just don't really know where everything is. It, it doesn't feel as comfortable. Listen, I had my spot on the couch. And it's not just about how soft the cushion is. It's about the orientation of the sun and the rotation of the planet Earth and the way that it makes me feel inside. And when things shift and change, I'm a little bit, I'm uncomfortable with that. I get, I get nervous about it. I think a lot of us fight against change very hard because it's uncomfortable, it's unfamiliar, it's new. We don't, we, we're scared of it. New requires work. And so some of us will stay in the same imperfect and even toxic systems for a lifetime rather than step into something new. New requires work. It requires being uncertain of what to do next sometimes, and all of that is hard. And so in our lives, we often stick with what we know. We stay in the old things because they're comfortable and they feel safe. But God says, I'm doing a new thing. In this new year, we can make a choice to follow Him from where we've been into something new. But if we're going to do it, then first it's time for us to lay some things down. It may be time for you as we step into this new year to lay down your past. I, Isaiah tells the people, forget the former things and do not dwell on the past. Our past is important. In fact, he opens this prophecy by reminding the people of the good things that happened in the past. Uh, even the things that aren't good matter because they've made me who I am. They've built me. There have been hard lessons and there have been great victories. And forgetting the former things doesn't mean letting go of them entirely. It means to stop trying to repeat them. It means to not let what happened to you define you. Who you once were is not who you are now and it is not necessarily who you are going to be. How you've always done things may not be the best way for you to continue to do them. It may be time to lay down your past. It may be time to lay down some old mistakes or old habits or old sins or old mindsets that are hurting you. God is doing a new thing around you and within you. And there is no better time than now to quit that habit that has been driving a wedge between you and your relationships or Maybe there's something you said or did last year or even in the distant past that you haven't forgiven yourself for to this day. You wake up every morning with the same shame and guilt over what happened, over what you did. It's time to put away the former things and forget the past. Maybe you've always seen the world one specific way, but that way is no longer consistent with the world you're experiencing. Or maybe you know that the mindset you're living in is taking away your joy or your peace in this life and robbing you of the purpose God has for you. It may be time to lay it down. Time to lay it down. And it's time to lay down sometimes what used to work. It's time to lay down what used to work. God wants to do a new thing in you today. And that means letting go of some of the old things that weren't necessarily all that bad. There's an old leadership saying that says, what got me from there to here is not always what gets me from here to there. What got me from there to here doesn't get me from here to there. 
Maybe you did things your way for a long time and it worked, but all of a sudden it's not working anymore. Maybe the way that you've always done things or saw the world or seen it or understood it or lived in it changed forever in March 2020 and you just keep waiting on it to go back and it's not going back. We're slow to learn. And so we just keep doing the same things. We keep living the same ways, even when they're not effective, even when they've slowed down, even when, even when those ways aren't working for us anyway. We keep pursuing that thing. We keep the same belief or practice, even, even when it doesn't work anymore. It might be time for you to stop doing it your way, even if it used to work, and start letting God do a new thing in you. Here's what I mean. Maybe for a long time you were just fine on your own. You didn't need community or life groups or dream teams. You had friends. You were okay. But maybe over the last two years, those things have changed. And now you've lost some of that community that you had, or maybe you just don't want to admit it, but you're just, you're not okay on your own anymore. What used to work doesn't work now, and it's time to do something new. So whether you're stuck after two years of fear and troubles, or you can't move on from a past filled with guilt and mistakes, or you've been okay, just not thriving the way that you were made to, I believe that the message in Isaiah is God's message for you today. He wants you to do a new thing. This message is renewed from its Old Testament context in 2 Corinthians 5.17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, and the old is gone, and the new is here. If you're a follower of Jesus, he has made you new. So that means it's time to get some new things going on in your life, some new things going on in your life. We'll start with a new future, a new future. We've seen the world change a whole lot in the last two years, and we're settling into a new future and a new reality as people. Maybe whether it was because of the wild circumstances that we've seen or not, uh, you've had a tough go for the last couple of years. Maybe you stayed up till midnight on Friday just to watch 2021 die. You just, <laughs> you needed to see it go. You needed to know for sure that the clock turned over. I believe God's got a new future in mind for you, a better one. See, God's had a plan from, for you from the very beginning, a plan to prosper you and not to harm you, says the Lord. Now, nothing in your past has disqualified you from that plan. And something you need to understand about God's plan for your life is that no matter what wrong directions or detours you've taken, no matter where your life has strayed from the plan God has for you, no matter how many of your own choices that you've made that have taken you in the opposite direction, you just know this is not the direction God had dreamed of for my life. His plan for your life, his purpose for you, his dreams for you will meet you exactly where you are. They redirect and they'll pick up right where you find them. Doesn't matter where you've gone, what you've done, or who you've been, God has a dream for you. And all you have to do is choose to live it. Paul understood that better than anyone. Before he was a Christian, he was a persecutor of Christians. He stood by and watched Christians get executed for what they believed in. That was his past. That was the history that he came into Christianity with. When he became a follower of Jesus, he lost everything that was once important to him. He had position, he had power, he had all these things. 
wealth. He had all these things, and he lost all of it when he entered into a relationship with Jesus. But he knew that God had a plan for him still, and he wasn't disqualified from it, and he wasn't going to miss out on it. In Philippians 3, verse 12 through 14 says, Not that I have already obtained all of this, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took a hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. He's talking about the call to know Christ and to make him known in the world. That's his goal. That's what he's moving towards. And that is God's plan for you. It is a whole lot simpler than you think. So whatever your past is, forget what is behind and strain towards what is ahead. Honestly, the best place for you to start moving towards God's purpose for you and his plan for you in 2022 and the new future that he has for you is to dedicate yourselves to this next 21 days of fasting and prayer. Anytime somebody comes to meet with me and, and they're asking, what, what is God's plan for my life? What is his will for my life? How do I live in his purpose? The first answer is the same answer the Bible gives every time that question is asked over and over, fast and pray. Fast and pray. Dedicate your moments over these next, uh, your first moments over these next three weeks to worshiping him, to being in prayer with him. Principle of the first, give him the first part of your day. Right when you get up, make it a priority. Rearrange your life if you can, if you have to, so that you can meet with him first. Seek him. Give up something that matters to you to dedicate yourself more wholly to him. James says, when we draw closer to God, he draws closer to us. Draw closer to him. Jeremiah 29 11 is that verse that says, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Spend the next three weeks intentionally seeking after him and discover what his plans for you are. Live in a new future and live in a new freedom. New freedom. As we move into the new year, there is no better time than now to start a journey to find freedom. Jesus says in John chapter 8, verse 34, Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. Your sins, your mistakes, your bad habits, and the things that you've hidden or tried to get away from have made you slaves to them. And now, in this new year, as God does a new thing, I believe it's time for you to get free once and for all, to make a priority of it. So, so many of us, I've been guilty of this many times, we don't want to start a journey to freedom because we know it's going to be hard. And we think, we, in our minds, we get so numb to a bad habit or a, or a sin habit or a mindset that is hurting us that we just think, it's really, it's just not that bad. It's, it's not hurting me that much. It's not affecting my life that much. It's not that big of a deal. It's a sin nobody knows about. It's something that's, that's, just, that's just, just, really, it's about me. It's, 
it's just not that big of a deal. And so I'm just going to keep going because really to heal from this, to, to find freedom from this would require so much work. And, you know, it, it would be embarrassing and it would be hard and it would be a difficult journey. And it's just, it's just a lot easier for me and better if I just stay in this habit because it's really just not that bad. I want you to know that if you've had the thought process that it's not that bad about any habit, sin, mindset that you have in your life, it is that bad. That is from the enemy. He wants you to stay locked in those habits. He wants you to stay locked in this, in this slavery to sin that you are in, but your heavenly Father wants you to be free and really free and to know how good it is to be free. It says in Galatians chapter 5, for freedom Christ has set you free, not so you can remain a slave to whatever it is that you've locked yourself into. He, doesn't, he didn't free you so that you could remain in it. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. It's time to get free. It's time to put all of that thought process to bed that says it's not that bad. It is that bad. You wouldn't be justifying it if it wasn't that bad. You wouldn't be thinking about it right now as I dig into it if it wasn't that bad. It's time to be free and to put it away. It is for freedom Christ has set us free. Do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. It's time to find freedom this year. I know that that feels like an impossible task sometimes, but you're not alone. The Bible says that when you enter into a relationship with Jesus, his spirit dwells Within you. You have the Holy Spirit's power to fight against it. Isaiah 36, 26, the prophet says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you, and I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. The Holy Spirit has the power to take the stony things, the thing that you thought was never going to change in you, and change it. He's got that power. You've just got to learn how to rely on him for it, how to tap into that power, and how to allow him to lead you to freedom. He can change your heart in ways you didn't even know were possible. And then, once he begins to change your heart, he can guide you as you commit to do the work. Finding freedom is, honestly, it's pretty simple. It's simpler than we make it. Be vulnerable with someone. Be accountable to someone and replace bad habits with good ones. In just a few short weeks, life groups are going to kick off here at the gathering and getting in community and building relationships with people you can get vulnerable with is the best way to put those old habits behind you. And then you got to build new habits. You got to fill those holes, fill those vacuums with habits that are going to keep you healthy, like the spiritual habits we're developing through 21 days of prayer. And then there's just healthy habits to help you make better choices, like a good night's sleep. Come on, somebody. And an exercise routine. And of course, surrounding yourself with people that build you up instead of people that tear you down and re lead you down the wrong paths. Finding freedom is not as complicated as we lead ourselves to believe it is. It is hard, and it can take a long time, but it just begins in some simple places. Get vulnerable. We don't like to show people how we're really doing, but you'll never get free if you don't learn how to. Vulnerability is our strengths, one of our core values here at the gathering. Get vulnerable, be accountable, and replace bad habits with good ones. New freedom. And then finally, this year we're going to have new life 
by living in renewed purpose. Renewed purpose. You were born with a purpose. Ephesians 2.10 is one of my favorite verses. It says, for we are God's handiwork. That word could also be translated masterpiece. He looks at you and he says, this is my masterpiece. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. God made you the way that he made you on purpose for a purpose. All of your desires, your passions, your gifts, the things that matter to you were placed in you intentionally to make a difference in this world. Living for yourself is not your purpose. And at some point, the joy that it brings always runs its course. Maybe that's where you find yourself now. Maybe you have been living for yourself for a long time and it has run its course. You're feeling this this emptiness, this old familiar longing for more, desire to do more, to matter more, to mean more in your life. I believe that there is more for you. And the Bible just doesn't make it a mystery. Micah 6.8 makes it plain as day. It says, He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. In the message paraphrase, it says, He's already made it plain how to live, what to do. What God is looking for in men and women is quite simple. Do what is fair and just to your neighbor. Be compassionate and loyal in your love. And don't take yourself too seriously. Take God seriously. Jesus made the same thing plain in Matthew chapter 22, verse 36. Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? Someone tried to corner him. But Jesus replies, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Love God. Love people. Serve them both as best you can. That's your purpose. It's time to renew it this year. It's time to put it back at the center, back at the focus of what you're doing and how you see the world and the steps that you're taking and the paths that you're taking and the places that you're going. Let them be filled with renewed purpose from the one who made you, who designed you, who knows what makes you feel whole, who knows what makes you feel satisfied and complete, and who knows how to give you a joy that is beyond any joy that you could ever find on your own. He knows. This is what he's told you to do to find those things. Love God. Love people. Find a way to serve them both. 1 Peter 2.9 says you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. You've been chosen. Your purpose has been written. You are, you are a holy nation and a people of God's own possession for one goal that you may proclaim that you can live for him, tell the world about him, love God, and love people. God's doing a new thing this year. Can you not perceive it? Let's make a commitment 
to find that new thing, to live in that new life and to pursue it with a new fervor. I believe 2022 is gonna be better. It's gonna be better for you. It's gonna be better for me. We're gonna know God better this year. We're gonna know who we are better this year. We're gonna have better joy this year. We're gonna have better news this year. I'm just hoping. We're gonna serve the one who is gonna make all things new and all things better in this year. If you're in here today and you've never entered into a relationship with Jesus, it is as simple as just saying yes to something that's already been offered to you. I love the holiday season because of all the many snacks and sweets that are available to me. When you go to my mom's house around the holiday season, you better get ready because every surface of the counter is gonna be filled with cookies and cakes and cheeses and crackers and meats and foods. And the whole time that I'm there, my mom is going to be offering me those things. Just say, you want a cookie? We got some cookies. Jesse made some cookies. Gigi made some cookies. I made some cookies. We got some cheeses. Dennis set out some fresh cheeses. Do you want a cheese? Got these new crackers. I know they're the crackers you like. Sorry, mom. All I have to do is just say yes, and I will be full. It's like that with Jesus. He has set the table. There's just not an empty space anywhere. He's laid his life out for you so that you could have a relationship with him. He's given, he's done all the work. The old way is gone. You don't have to get to him. He has done all the work to get to you. The new way is better because the table is set. The plates are there. It has all been offered All you have to do is say yes, and you will be full, full in a brand new way. And so if you're ready to enjoy that and to step into that relationship and that fullness today, all you have to do is just uh, begin it with a prayer. It's kind of like when you get married and it begins at an altar with a promise. It begins with a promise right here. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you want to enter into a relationship with him today, just say these words with me. Heavenly Father, Forgive me for my sin. Forgive me uh, for every mistake that I've made. Forgive me, Lord, uh, for trying to do it on my own for so long. My way isn't working anymore. I am ready to do it your way. I believe in you. I receive the gift you are offering me. I am yours from this moment forward. All that I am, I belong to you. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.